Hey everybody, it's Alexander Dahl with Manifest Vitality once again. Uh, so it is midweek, we've got another interview ready to go, so we'll go ahead and just get that one out there. Um, there's several more that are coming down the pike, so we'll just keep going. Um, that's uh, pretty much all I got for the moment. So um, without any other delay, here you go. Alright, bye. Alright, so I'm currently on the phone with Cameron. He's another one of the musicians that reached out to me about the current interview series going on. So I'm going to go ahead and give him the opportunity to introduce himself. Hi, I'm Cameron. I'm a lead guitarist, founding member of Force of Habit. We're a metal band out of, a hard rock metal band out of Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, that's, uh, that's who I am. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, I always kind of like to start at the beginning and get a sense of, you know, how you kind of first found music. Uh, you know, what was it about music that really kind of spoke to you and made you want to uh, get into it? Um, music took me away. It took me to a place that was different from where I was at. I was probably like eight years old. And my dad had the cassette of uh, the doors where it seems inside the gold mine and it had Riders on a Storm on it. He liked that song. So I had he let me borrow that cassette. I listened to that and I just thought that was just incredible. It was unbelievable. Something, you know, something it, it, it took you, it took you, close your eyes and listen to it and you were wherever it brought you, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Right around fourth grade, I actually, uh, you know, they had a music program in the public school. So I got into that and uh, learned how to read and play for a clarinet. So by the end of the first year there, I ended up picking up the oboe. And uh, I was the only oboist in the entire school system. So uh, our music teacher, he was an incredible, incredible man, probably the biggest influence on my musical musical endeavors for my entire life. Uh, he had me bring, you know, uh, uh, play all these, you know, stand up and play these solos and stuff in front of the whole orchestra and different pieces, classical pieces and stuff like that, which was really, really cool. And then the next year I ended up picking up the baritone sax and ended up playing in the stage band too. So... That right there, everything is music, 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 music. Thank you, public school system and music program. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, definitely. I, I did. Yeah, I did that in the summers. I went to, you know, the, the the band camps and stuff, and we used to play for like convalescent homes and stuff like that. And you know, that was all that uh, James Natale, rest his soul. He was an incredible influence to many, many, many upcoming kids. Uh, really. Uh, set that fire that just burned for an entire lifetime, you know. Then, uh, you know, I got up to, you know, high school and uh, ended up finding the electric guitar. And that kind of did me in right there. Picked that up and never turned back. And playing, playing, playing for many years now. Were you able to continue playing uh, electric guitar in your school's uh, music program? No. No, I ended up going to a trade school. Okay. And they didn't even have a music program there. Well, I meant during high school, like just continuing it uh, during concert bands. Um, you know, it, instead of playing saxophone when you were in concert band in high school, did they have like uh, spaces for guitar? Like I know uh, some concert bands have like... Um, 
you know, an extra jazz ensemble where they have like electric guitar and bass as well. Yeah, no, the, the, this was all, I, I don't think, the only thing stringed in it was maybe a stand-up bass, you know? Okay, okay, sure. So, so you found guitar kind of outside of um, the you know regular curriculum for concert band and yeah. last time. Oh yeah, that trade one. school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trade school. Uh, we, we turned around and cut school, and uh, a friend of mine would go over to his house and hang out, and he played guitar. So we'd sit around and smoke joints and listen to him play, and it was like, hey man, I really want to be able to do that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So uh, it's you know he ended up taught me that guitar fire and you know i'm also you know self-taught and i've been i've been told my style is a bunch of bad habits practiced perfectly (laughs) (laughs) nice so once you did kind of uh you know get to the point where you were comfortable with the instrument how did you kind of uh decide what what avenue you wanted to take with it and like what kind of music you wanted to create with it that's really funny because i didn't really have any control over that it just kind of whatever comes out comes out Mm -hmm. and it just happened to come out angry some of the stuff Mm mm-hmm you know, so that's, that's why it was more towards the metal side. But, you know, it, it's kind of weird. It just comes out, it comes out of somewhere. I don't know where it comes from, but uh, it just kind of, like, that goes with, like, my songwriting. It, I don't sit down like a preconceived notion. I have to, it has to come to me. It has to, I have to feel it. You know, it'll pretty much come and write itself. I guess another way to kind of ask that question would be, once you identified the type of music that you were making, how did you yep. go about, uh, you know, figuring out the type of band that you needed to be in and the type of people that you needed to work with? I think that's just kind of like, uh, I'm not quite sure how to answer that. Uh, other than, uh, you know, you start out playing with people and, and then you kind of evolve and evolve and then the people that you play with evolve and then you you know you you search it's just kind of it's kind of like a feel thing where you more gravitate towards this than that you know i guess is the best way i can answer that is that more of like uh i mean that's definitely a really organic way to answer that question and you're not wrong uh you know working with musicians like that everybody definitely does evolve um you did mention that you know you you kind of identified the kind of music that you're making uh as more in the metal vein um did is that something that also kind of evolved with the people that you're playing with or did you ever have to kind of you know struggle to find other musicians that wanted to get into that type of music as well no that kind of no we kind of like evolved into that again you know together is uh just kind of like okay we, we we took this group of guys put them together y'all put your heart into it and see what we got and that's what it kind of, that's what comes out and that's basically how the first uh format for force of habit was and, you know the first album was recorded okay and so are is most of your group that you originally got together with like still together and still part of the lineup that you're playing with no 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 um we've had uh when we first started out Probably within the first year, first 
four or five years and probably changed just about everybody except me. Okay. And then, uh, my, uh, uh, my my buddy Wayne, he's been with me now for I think nine years, bass player. Mm-hmm. And then uh, new uh, we have, we have a brand new awesome addition, uh, Kenan on drums. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal young guy on drums, man, unbelievable. And uh, we're right now we're in, uh, auditioning for oh god, it seems like forever, but probably about six eight months for. Mm-hmm new vocalist okay yeah the, have that narrowed down and down to about six people right now so uh hopefully we'll be picking pretty soon and getting back to the business of uh, actually writing music and playing out some live shows sure i, I was actually just going to kind of ask about that since it's been so long since you've actually had like a vocalist come in um you know typically uh, a vocalist is also kind of synonymous with a lyricist but that's not always the case uh have you guys been continuing to write like in that downtime and just do instrumentals or you know are you also putting lyrics to it like how has your process been like during this like long time that you've been trying to audition a new vocalist well, uh, you know, actually auditioning people really takes a lot of time and it gets really, really monotonous. You know, it's like, okay, pick three songs out of the list, you know what I mean? Get them come in, so you get them come in for an hour and boom, that's all you're working on is those three songs. So it gets a little monotonous, but we we still do find the time to, uh, to write. And we have probably almost an album's worth of uh, another stuff ready. You know, once... Uh, that's all stuff that's pretty much vocals yeah vocals and all it's just a matter of uh uh, whoever i knew vocalist is going to be their interpretation of it sure and so um are you guys uh recording in like uh a full setup studio are you doing it like independently well we normally we'll we'll go cut some stuff like you know like in somebody's basement you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and and, and mess around with that and get our final ideas and then once we have that down to exactly where we want it then we'll go to a regular studio okay sure you know Um, that that way you're in you know what you're doing you're not wasting time you're not wasting their money you know engineers aren't cheap (laughs) right um (laughs) awesome so uh once you do kind of get that vocalist back into place and get out there doing shows, um, you know, what's your ambition for it? Do you want to just like keep playing uh, like your local circuit? Do you want to just keep putting out music? Like, where would you like to kind of uh, see it all grow into? Well, we we play in you know the whole southeast down here. Um, you know we get around a little bit though we haven't you know lately with all uh everything everything covid and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um i foresee us still doing that and 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 just whatever i i mean we all just have a blast doing it mm-hmm. you know and if we make money and go somewhere with it that's fine if not that's fine too mm-hmm. we're having a ball doing it sure that's that's you know, what it's all about. The, the, oh yeah, I don't care if there's two people there. I don't care if there's two hundred thousand people there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, absolutely. And you got people. You got people in your audience that are sitting there, really, really getting it, and you're touching them, and you can see it in their eyes. You know, and it's like, this is what I do that for. Awesome. You know, that's it right there. 
So along those lines, uh, you know, what are some really, you know, prominent memories that you have about participating in music, whether it be, you know, a show that inspired you or, you know, sitting down to write with your bandmates? Like, what's something that really sticks out in your mind? I'll tell you what, right off bat, I'll tell you, uh, seeing Kiss in 1975. That concert right then and there, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like 15, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. That was it. Hooked. Hooked <laughs> for life. Awesome. Do you have uh, any any other memories you want to share? Oh, oh man, there's many, 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 many. I could go on for days. There's uh, just... We've had some pretty incredible stories, played with some really, really incredible bands. And um, I'll tell a little quick story about uh, playing down. We played uh, Sun and Steel Metal Fest down in Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. And we were on the, on the line with, uh, I mean, on the uh, bill with Testament. Well, we had gotten done and we're hanging out backstage and Chuck Billy's sitting there. He's hanging out with us and bumming my cigarettes, you know. And uh, I go, hey, man, I, I got to go hit the head. So I turn around, go run to the, the back bathrooms back there and uh, backstage. It was like, you know, the gang bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And I walk in there and Ice T's in there. And he, he's got Coco bent over the sink, butt ass naked. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Getting his pre-show on. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I was like, oh, so sorry, T. They gave him the <laughs> wink, and I turned around and left. And then, you know, later when he came on with body count, because he was there for body count, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he, he seen me out there and up in the audience. He's like, points at me winks i'm like yeah bro you got it (laughs) (laughs) nice that's a good story um yeah so uh what are some links where people can actually uh take a listen to your stuff and check out what you're doing um you can check us out at www.reverbnation.com official force of habit Uh, it's been our homepage for quite a while and we have a bunch of our music up there and a couple of videos, live videos, and stuff like that for y'all to check out. That's www.reverbnation.com forward slash official force of habit. Excellent. And also, you can check us out on Facebook too. We're, uh, uh, I think it's force of habit. I mean, uh, facebook.com slash force of habit or something like that. Excellent. And um, I always like to give the person I'm interviewing the opportunity to put out their last word. So, you know, just a message that you kind of feel you resonate with. Um, good message to me has always been if you have a dream, pursue it. Never let anybody deter you. Never let anybody tell you you can't do it because persistence pays off. Persistence pays off. Uh, you may never get there, but it isn't necessarily the destination. It's the trip. Never never let anybody uh, persuade you from that. Follow, follow what's in your heart. 